0: And it, got shot, off the post, rebound, score! Paul Connor follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano, two on one for Vegas, saw on the left, Will Smith got it to him, he scores! Nicholas won Game day, T-Mobile Arena Section 104 getting set for the Golden Knights' third contest of the year against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, This is a team that they'll face four times uh, on the year, the way the schedule works in 2022-23. This is a Pacific Division battle. Vegas trying to win a second straight uh, on this homestand, third straight at home overall. And if they win tonight, it will even their record against the Pacific Division to 500 so there's a few things on the line tonight as this stretch at the fortress continues yeah
1: for the golden knights it's it's really just kind of a continuation of what they've been able to do coming out of the bye week and the all-star break this has been a team that is, has been incredibly efficient breaking pucks out of their own zone and they've found a scoring touch that you really don't want to see change or go away so for the golden knights it's all about continuing to play with the confidence that they've built over the last three games.
0: My buddy John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, will stop by the VGK Insider Show at about 425. He's (laughs) scheduled to join us. Uh, He's got the big scoop because he had the conversation with uh, George McPhee earlier this week. So we'll dig into that along with the uh, various other subjects that we tend to get to with John Shannon's weekly visits. But Vegas has scored... Five goals or more in three straight games mm-hmm. going into tonight, you know that I do. They have five different goal scores against Nashville, five different goal scores against Minnesota, and five seven different goal scores against uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. The record for most consecutive games with five or more goals without a multi goal score mm-hmm. is four, really. They could tie an all-time National Hockey League record tonight if they score five goals without anybody, or at least five goals without anybody finding the twine twice. That's interesting. Last time it happened was 2016. Okay, and that was by the New York Rangers. So just a little bit of uh, information dropping on you. Where do you? uh, Well, okay.
1: Uh, Now I'm rooting for something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, so you want it to continue to be spread out? I,
1: I want. I mean, number one, I'm always going to go for balance. Uh, that that I'm I'm boring like that. But um, I want to see the Golden Knights make history.
0: Why not? I do too. But what I was getting at yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was hammering in, and I wasn't sure that anybody really appreciated uh, the the sentiment is how unusual it's been what they've been able to accomplish these last three games. Mm -hmm. Yes, you want depth. You want it spread around. That's the best-case scenario. All four lines, you would love to be contributing on a nightly basis and not have one particular line leading the charge uh, night in, night out. That is the goal. It never happens that way on a extended stretch sure it just doesn't you have superstars in the game who tend to step up and ruin all your fun ryan yeah by having multi-goal games hat tricks uh, four-point nights uh, explosion uh, of individual skill sure so the record for scoring five or more goals without a multi-goal score is four games and the Vegas Golden Knights are, are knocking on the door. So it's it's pretty incredible the depth and the balance that we're seeing from this team. But it's also telling you that which I'm really excited about, that that somebody's just gonna go off.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the thing where I I was pushing back initially is that I don't know that five-plus goals is what we're going to see. Like, that's not the new normal, in my opinion, for the Vegas Golden Knights. I I think that as things tighten up and as the schedule condenses a bit here, Vegas is going to be in a lot of one-goal games, three, two types of games. And, you know, that's really what's going to define the Golden Knights season is how are they going to get on when they have these stretches where it's not five-plus, six-plus goals every single night. That's where you got to win a lot of hockey games.
0: I'll tell you why it will continue Mm -hmm. with goals being produced at a a very appreciative pace is the power play. The power play scored one time in the last 11 games. Okay. Uh, They've tweaked a couple of things. They had uh, extensive time off this week to be able to rest. Mm -hmm. to be able to uh, host uh, a lot of people at the gala and raise over a million dollars. They also had a couple of big practices to be able to dial in the power play, which extended over into today's morning skate. They've moved a couple of pieces around, and I think if you get the power play. so Those 17 goals that we're talking about over the last three games have come without a man advantage counter. right? So that... That gives you a, a real positive feeling that the offense can continue to roll now you might get a multi goal scorer in that uh, because of it because uh, the guys that play in the power play uh, are also uh, uh, some of your your top talent so uh, maybe maybe that part of it's ruined in the in the balance part of it but the the actual goal production which we 've seen with five five seven average of uh, just shy of uh, six holes a game like that that could roll on tonight against the San Jose Sharks, who uh, are not exactly the most buttoned-down team. They're going to uh, be able to start Capo Kakinen tonight. He he left his last start early. He got banged up, mm-hmm. uh, actually, and uh, and wasn't able to continue. They're playing better, but they aren't uh, a great team at defending. They'll trade chances uh, with you, so uh, the opportunity is to score a few.
1: Yeah, for the Golden Knights, like I think that this is an opportunity. This is a game where we can continue to see the offensive output that we've seen over the last three games. The San Jose Sharks uh, to a man as a team are not really great defensively and if you can exploit that and if you can find ways uh, to continue to bear down on your chances, I I think the Golden Knights, the the likelihood that they score five again is certainly there tonight against San Jose. I I think that that tweaks and changes a little bit going into the weekend and and for some games next week but there's certainly an avenue for the Golden Knights to keep the scoring going.
0: What I've enjoyed this week, the, the three games coming out of the break, mm-hmm. no stress. We're like easy straight. Like, like <laughs> I, I feel a little S- <laughs> like Spicoli right now. Yeah. Just lie back, just chill, you know? like Sp- Spicoli should be a star in, in 2023, mm-hmm. uh, really, with all the life changes that, that we've gone through. But there's been nothing stressing you out. Minus Logan Thompson's injury. that That's it. The the on-ice production and the results have been really positive mm-hmm. with three straight wins and extremely low stress with four goal wins in the first two and then the 7-2 route of the Anaheim Ducks. As, as somebody who uh, <laughs> lives and dies and has <laughs> to work on adjustments throughout the game, mm-hmm. having it be able to cover a storyline and know that in the middle of the third period you're talking to the producer, what do, what do you think uh, we're going to do for post game? Because mm-hmm. you can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Usually the conversation about what do you want to do post game is happening as the jingle is sounding at the start <laughs> of the, the postgame mm-hmm. uh, because it's been that down to the wire. So I, I think I speak for all fans. I don't want to speak for Chapman, but uh, most fans in I've enjoyed this this little stretch. Some drama is is fun, but given where things were going into the break mm-hmm. and and the, the vibe around the team, it's been emotionally satisfying.
1: Well, you can speak for Chapman. The last game, he was telling people to leave early because it was in the bag. So certainly... What are you going to he- do tonight, Chapman?
2: <laughs> well, they're playing the Sharks, so there could always be fireworks. And there's there's no big game today.
0: Following. So
1: you're not worried about traffic today?
0: Well, I'm always worried about traffic. but Okay. So that was just about the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that didn't uh, fall into any kind of uh, dad path where, uh, <laughs> third, like my dad, famous for that. Yeah. Even back in Brandon. Uh, 4,000 people at the game, big parking lot. Should we get a start on traffic? I'm like, that. Dad. I don't. Like, I don't do that. It's at all. it's the Clark Griswold approach. We live seven minutes away. I know it might double our commute to fourteen minutes, but we don't have anywhere to go anyway. I I, I think it's I think it's okay. And when we get home, we're just going to sit there and look at each other anyway. So we might as well do it in the car.
1: That is a misrepresentation of Clark Griswold. Just so you're aware, Chapman. Why? He, like, Griswold uh, uh, would have soaked up every single moment of any sporting event that he ever went to, and then he'll make 3,000 stops along the way home.
2: Yeah, but He's if not you leaving remember, early to beat traffic. In, in vacation, when they drive to Wally World, he parks in the very last parking spot.
1: Not to, so beat, he, not, yes, not to beat not the not so traffic. to beat the traffic a, in, in terms of beating traffic. That's what he tells early, Rusty. It's walking out. Rust says to him, Dad, walk. why
2: we're, we're the only car in the lot. To why are we parked so far away? To
0: maximize his time where? In Wally World.
2: It's to beat everybody out of the parking lot.
0: Okay, I, I actually get that part of it. I, I'm with Clark on this one. Like Parking uh, towards the exit that's totally is, fine. Is, is, is not a bad thing. I, I think that's fairly uh, intelligent.
1: But but Clark's not going to leave Wally World five minutes early so that he can get a a leg up on the traffic.
2: Well, he also held John H- John Candy hostage while he rode the the Screamy Mimi.
0: We yeah uh, we had the conversation earlier this week about uh, who's impressed you the most during these three games. Yeah, and we had uh, a lot of votes for Will Carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden Hill uh, yeah. got some attention. Paul Cotter uh, was was brought up. I got a name at practice yesterday. Okay. Two different people who were listening to the show hmm. who happened to be listeners uh, and followers of of the program uh, and wanted to have their say but didn't weren't in a position to be able to phone in. Okay. Michael Amadio. Yep. Both said Michael Amadio. Yep. Uh and and it wasn't uh, just because the brilliant stick handling goal where he came up from behind the net and then uh, Men's league uh, john gibson around and, and tucked it in it, it, it wasn't just that <laughs> yeah it was his strong play all three games like on the road trip uh, you heard bruce cassidy talk about michael amadio and, and bruce isn't shy mm-hmm. uh, about uh telling you who he's not pleased with right he went out of his way and, and threw a lot of sunshine on Michael Amadio's game on the road trip, and that carried over. And uh, if, if you're a believer in these lines, uh, one of the big reasons why has to be Amadio's chemistry right now with Riley Smith and William Carlson.
1: Yeah, I think Michael Amadio's really done a, a good job of, you know, being strong along the walls, but also... Making sure that he's making the reads in the in the offensive zone, he's been really good and around the puck. Uh, certainly, if you get opportunities, if, if you've got the puck on your stick in and around the slot, you've got to put it on net. You've got to get your your shot on, and Mike Amadio has been able to do that. But I, I think your your point's well taken in that you like what you're getting right now out of Carrier, Stevenson, and Kessel. You like what you're starting to see develop with with Jack Eichel. And, and Paul Cotter and John of the Marsha. So, in order for that to continue to move forward, and in order for that to continue to be how the Golden Knights deploy their lines, you need Michael Amadio to continue to be really good, not just when the puck's on his stick, but when uh, he's away from the puck, and he's certainly done that for Bruce Cassidy. Yeah,
0: that play along with Brett Howden coming back. Yeah, for sure has provided some flexibility. With what they can do with the lines, uh, Howden, uh, Waugh, and Kolasar, uh, not a traditional fourth line, uh, not as uh, as physical as what we've seen in the fourth line uh, over the course uh, of this franchise's history. But uh, but really effective fourth line, and they're they're really good. They they've had a lot of uh, possession time, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's a stat that. Uh, is is a little wonky in the National Hockey League, to be quite honest. you got to be careful where you're grabbing some stats. Uh, But uh, in in just paying attention to the eye test, they've had the puck in the offensive zone a lot when they've been on the ace.
1: Yeah, and holding on to it too, right? Making plays and, you know, you look at how Brett Howden scored, and we talked to him yesterday about it, and and just how that play develops. And it, it really develops from an ability to keep the puck in the zone, an ability to move and interchange off of one another, kind of get your cycle going and and find a way to get into the middle of the ice and for the Golden Knights fourth line I I don't need you to go out there and and just run everybody into the boards physicality is great it's important but if you can possess the puck if you can hold on to it in the offensive zone grind a team down and either get a scoring chance or hand it off to the next line in a really good spot with tired legs on the ice for the opposition you're doing your job would you say Vegas is a rush team I would say they're predominantly known as a rush team. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So you know how many goals they scored off the rush against Anaheim? Zero. Nothing. Yeah. That was no. that was the most impressive so, aspect of the game yeah. for me. Uh, so, the, just like the offense that's spread around with all these uh, different goal scorers per game. Yeah. Uh, being able to go out and put up a touchdown on somebody. And not have anything come off a, a two-on-one, and, and they, they didn't have those chances. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that they they didn't uh, create opportunities off the rush, uh, but all of their goals came from in-zone offense, which is a, a challenge or has been a challenge uh, for this team going back a, a couple of years. I think there's some, and it all five-on-five five too, mm-hmm. uh, which is also uh, a so there's there's these parts of it where you say that's different. That's not what we're used to seeing, like uh, no multi-goal scores, uh, no power play, uh, uh, no no rush chance, no uh, rush goals. Mm-hmm. You you could look at that as if, if you weren't going good, you'd be like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But then you counter it with scoring 7-5 five on 5 and being able to generate offense from inside the zone with traffic in front of the net. There's a ton, and it's almost like a, a, an identity switch sure. with this team or an evolution of the identity and i don't know whether it does continue i would love to see uh, a, a mixture of in zone rush mm-hmm. uh offense is the perfect thing because it keeps everybody honest yeah and and when you when they uh, you run against a, a team like los angeles mm-hmm. uh yeah. which has that uh, that darn neutral zone uh Defense that uh, that really gets in the way Creating an in, in-zone in offense is, is a huge positive positive. And if you believe, right, that
1: you can Score with, with in-zone Offense, you're more likely to Take what's given to you and put Pucks behind defenses, right? You're more chip, Likely yeah. to chip it in, go Back and get it with a four yeah. check and find Your spots with that type of Offense. For the Golden Knights, the fact that they're Hitting on it right now is, is important And and impressive, But as you mentioned, you want a hybrid. You want to be able to do both. You want to be able to take whatever the game
0: gives you in those moments and still have confidence that you're going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. Well, how does that affect the game? Well, if if you are chipping it in or getting pucks in the zone, either by dumping or or little uh, bank plays off the wall, and you're able to create goals off that, what starts to happen is the other team begins to cheat. Mm -hmm. And they give up the line uh, a lot easier because they know they're going to have to go back and retrieve that puck and alleviate the pressure and any chance of you scoring because you're controlling the puck, you're getting there faster and you're uh, dominating the play and you're scoring the goals. Uh, What that opens up is the neutral zone to To get your rush game and your transition game going, so if if they're giving up the line or, or soft uh, at at the uh, defensive side of it, uh, you you've got more room. Then you can get some of those legs going, and you've got more uh, ability to grab the zone without giving up any type of possession at all. And all of a sudden, uh, the the world's uh, your oyster, and and away you go. So there's there's a there's a real. It's like the the run game pass game in football mm-hmm. it's, it's the closest comparison i can i can yeah. make to it is you establish the run you can get the pass game going right uh, it's it's much easier and then once you get that balance going uh, then it's really difficult for the opposition coordinator to to defend but if if you can't get anything going with the run they can stack up and and, and be able to uh, really throw it at you and lock you down uh, on on the pass coverage. You got you got nothing. So uh, in zone offense, big time.
1: Yeah, it's, and as you mentioned, evolution, right? Like, I think for the Golden Knights, that was going to be a facet and a wrinkle that, that was necessary to develop over the course of this season because I, I firmly believe you've got to be multidimensional going into the playoffs. You've got to be able to score on those two-on-one, three-on-two chances, those rush chances when you have them, but you've also got to be able to create offense in different ways. And for the Golden Knights, what you've seen over the last three games and specifically against the Anaheim Ducks in creating in-zone – if they can add that and it can be a, a layer that they, that they have at, at their disposal, they're going to be a, a difficult team to, to play against.
0: You know, one thing to keep an eye on is they've been really good at generating a, a grade A opportunity in the first couple of minutes, going back to before the, the all-star break. Yeah. And one of the uh, issues that Bruce Cassidy has had is they either were missing the net or they weren't able to capitalize on those two on ones. Uh, that has continued into uh, the uh, all, out of the All Star break. They they still haven't really connected on one of those great chances. They continue to happen. Uh, those start hitting, and then you're you're really up. They scored the last uh, two games the, with the first goal, uh, but but not that that first glorious chance which has uh, presented itself. Let's take a break. Uh, John Shannon is standing by uh, from Toronto, and he's going to join us to talk about his conversation with the president of hockey operations, George McPhee. We'll see if uh, he got any of the gifts uh, from uh, my boss uh, that John Shannon's holding out for, and we'll also get into some other happenings in the National Hockey League. He's uh, closely tied to the Edmonton toilers the winnipeg jets so we'll see uh, what those two western conference teams are up to It's the vgk insider show ahead of san jose against vegas live from section 104 on fox sports las vegas
2: we're back to
0: the vegas golden knights insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m getting ready for the san jose sharks visit to t-mobile in the fortress the vegas golden knights uh, on home ice a couple of games over five they they'll try to even their Pacific Division record tonight with a victory against San Jose and move to 2-1 against their rivals uh, on the season. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, in Section 104, John Shannon uh, coming up in just a second uh, from the Bob McCowan podcast and uh, does some work on Sportsnet with the Edmonton Oilers as well as some radio uh, coverage of the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll get a lay of the land uh, when it comes to some... Um, News that's coming out of uh, of those two uh, cities. Uh, would you be in favor because this is, this is happening around the league right now mm-hmm. where players are being pulled from the lineup to protect the trade asset mm-hmm. Arizona's doing it yep uh, we, we know that uh, it's 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 happening uh, with the uh, St. Louis blues. Uh, it, are you in favor of that? like if tonight San Jose took Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer out. <laughs> If you're looking at it through the fans' lens, sure, would you be sour? Okay, so
1: I think for Golden Knights fans, you're not sour about that at all. Like it, it gives you, in my estimation, the the better chance to win a game, right? So I I don't know that anybody coming to the fortress is going to be too upset if Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer were held out for trade related reasons. Me personally, I. I want to see Eric Carlson play. I want to see Timo Meyer play. I like watching those guys play. But I'm not approaching this from the viewpoint of a fan. I'm approaching it from the viewpoint of somebody that just loves hockey, loves the game, and wants to see the best of the best on the ice every single time. So from a fan perspective, I think that no one would be too upset if those two players were out of the lineup. I think I'm in the minority here. I would love to see them play, and I don't want to see them held out for trade-related reasons.
0: A couple of people have told me that they're sour with it affecting the competitive balance of a playoff race. So you're you're playing Arizona. They don't sure. have Chikrin, and they're not a high-level team as it is. Uh, it makes them more ripe. Uh, or Columbus without Gavrikov. Uh, That's sort of thing. Do you think that the league has to look at it? Because we're we're three weeks out and players are being pulled from the lineup. And uh, and uh, Chickren, it was it was they said oh, he's not playing again for a week. Yeah. So it wasn't like the trade was imminent. They were just protecting their asset.
1: Yeah, to a degree, I understand that mindset. But in the case of Jacob Chickering, like if you're Arizona, you've got to protect the asset as much as you possibly can. It's early, sure, but given his history, I, I think it makes a lot of sense on an individual basis for them to keep him
0: out. John Shannon is with us on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, John, what, what's your take on whether or not a player should be pulled from the lineup to protect an
2: asset? Well, if you're completely out of the the picture, uh, there, there's some logic to it. But let me ask you this: uh, since Jacob Trickin was taken out of the lineup, you know, a week ago Saturday against the Blues, what's their record? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's, wow. pre- it's pretty good. I think they have points in six of seven games.
0: They, they do, and they got an all-world goalie performance last night, uh, which was amazing to watch. I'm so happy for, for Connor Ingram.
2: Uh, you, you only really care what his mask looks like. <laughs>
0: I did. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool mask, actually. It's, uh, it's yeah, I know. It's old, old I know. school.
2: You, 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 you would have walked up to Jacques Plante and say, I love your mask." <laughs>
0: That, that's true. That's why I've got Dryden's mask on my wall, and that's why I've got a, a Mike Palmitier mask coming. And the only reason why I'm putting a Mike Palmetier mask on my, my uh, podcast set is to honor the great John Shannon and evolve or die. And, and the book that has a, a Palmitier story in it. <laughs>
2: We can't tell that on the radio.
0: No, we, no, we, no, no, we can't. But you can buy the book and you can read. It's a very entertaining story. Uh, more from John's perspective. Uh, it certainly yeah. works out more from John's perspective than the, the the popcorn kid in Mike Palmentier, who my wife, by the way. Agrees with you uh, when it comes to the sentiment. Uh, of uh, mom Thank too. you.
2: I, well, you know, you, she, you, she may be blind, but she's very smart.
0: In <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> having worked through the closing down of the Maple Leaf Gardens uh, and dealing with a lot of that, uh, she is fully in your camp.
2: Well, um, I would tell you what. When she was, when your wife was running that that great event that we did, I was afraid of her. She was tough.
0: She, I was afraid of her then? Well, yeah, she's, she's only yeah. gained confidence uh, since then. Oh, uh, uh, what do you? Um, First of all, let's start with your conversation with George McPhee uh, the other yep. day on the Bob McCowan
2: podcast. Uh, what was
0: your biggest takeaway?
2: Oh gosh, um, actually, I I, th- I think that uh, th- my biggest takeaway was that he and Kelly have breakfast every morning. <laughs> yes, uh, and George has you know a uh, you know a uh, a yolk free um, omelet, and Kelly has French fries. He didn't say that. He didn't say. That. You're making that <laughs> up. <laughs> And, no, you know what's going to happen after, though. I,
0: I, I know that I, George listens all the time driving to the rink. Because I'll get a text in two seconds uh, about oh, this, no. and but now I I'll be in about, trouble you know, about I that. I was
2: quite fascinated with with uh, how he and, and Kelly have built their relationship from day one, and the fact that they really didn't know each other mm-hmm. before they both showed up in Nevada. To me, that that's the that's the ultimate partnership that, you know, it could have failed as easily as it survived, and now it's thrived. And I think there's tons of fans, you know, in in the state that would say, well, they've been friends for a long time. In the hockey world, that's the way it works. This was the first time they collaborated, and look how well it's worked.
1: Now, when you you kind of go through and parse through that that conversation, uh, trade deadline is on everybody's mind, especially around here when it comes to the Golden Knights. Do you get a clearer sense of, of maybe what the plan might be as we inch closer and closer to that date?
2: I think they're, they're just they're going to send Mark, Mark Stone to Lourdes um, <laughs> because they they really want him to heal quicker. You know, I mean that that's uh, you know so much um, is is built on uh, when and if Mark can come back, mm-hmm. when Logan Thompson comes back. Because let's face it, the first 15 to 20 games of the season when this team was close to healthy, uh, they were tough to beat. Uh, and, and to get, be able to get back to that uh, is going to be really important. You know, to miss Mark Stone is to miss a cornerstone. And, and that, to me, is the, the biggest part of, of, of what they have to do. Now, you know, the great loophole in the NHL system is that uh, you can replace him during the regular season uh, if he's on long-term with a a good financial body. You'll have to pay a price for it. And then when the playoffs come, Stone can come back, and there's no penalty for having both players in the lineup. So to me, as an outsider, the question is, is, are they prepared to spend some assets to use that extra money they have in Stone's scenario uh, to bolster the team? For the remainder of the regular season
0: uh, and Shannon.
2: i i you know George was you know he he didn't give us a definitive yes or a definitive no, but he i I think that they've certainly contemplated it and going to have to figure that out and and again it becomes what price do you want to pay mm-hmm. at this point
0: well I, the news to me when i was listening to it was uh, because when it comes to mark stone everybody was under the impression if vegas is able to extend the season uh there's a possibility that he could be back and that uh, was rationalized uh, in the hockey world by playoffs you get yeah. round or, or a second round but but george kind of left it uh, open that there there's a possibility that that mark could be back before the end of the regular season which again puts you in a bit of a quandary
2: it, it it does, but let's face it, um, Vegas, like almost every other team, knows it's uh, you know it's, it's inevitable. You're going to have more injuries, mm-hmm. um, and you, right. you you're going to have to bide your time and, and figure out. Yes, in fact, if, if Mark Stone can come back before the end of the regular season, what do you do? And and more importantly, it, it, if it if it really becomes a huge you know, uh, jigsaw puzzle to get him back under the cap before the end of the regular season, why hurry it? Why rush it? You know, he's an elite athlete. Uh, it, he, it will take Mark Stone four and a half minutes to be in game shape again. And and so in time, you know, and time, and, and Mark's, the key to Mark's success on the ice is his timing. That's not going to be an issue. So if if you, if you say, well, he can come back for the last three games, my answer is, why rush it? Just let him come back for the first round of the playoffs, and 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 be that difference maker for the Knights when they play their first round series.
0: Just to piggyback on what you stated there uh, on Mark Stone being uh, back in game shape uh, in four seconds, how long would it take you
2: to be back in game shape? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I would suggest that it probably would take me to twenty twenty nine.
0: I don't know. I saw you on the beach in Mexico a couple
2: yeah. weeks ago. You yeah. look good, my friend. Well, you know what? That's I, I, I got the senior's discount on the photo. <laughs> and, uh, and so I looked better with the hat on. Uh, the tan is, just for the record, you know, it's beautiful weather here in Ontario. So the tan is still sticking for a couple more days.
1: So. <laughs> you know, one of the things I... It, certainly this happened it's recency bias as soon as logan thompson left that game in minnesota there were you know a lot of, of people that that called in to my program our programs that were looking for okay what are the golden knights going to do are they going to make a trade for a goaltender uh you know your conversation with george mcphee it, it was pretty clear that that's not necessarily the most pressing issue so with all that being said as you look at this golden knights team if they were to make a move at the deadline where's the like what's the most pressing issue where does this team need to add as you go through the stretch run
2: well i i th- i do think it's either, i think there's a need for a scoring forward um mm-hmm. uh, you know for the for the stretch run uh ryan i think that that's that's the the key to all this can they you know can they fill the goal scoring and the penalty killing that a guy like mark stone brings you i mean he's one of the best defensive forwards in the history of the game Uh, You're never going to replace him completely, but you might want to try and find somebody that can compensate for his loss for the short term. You know, I mean, as George mentioned in the show, they finally feel their defense is is back at a point of being close to healthy. Uh, Was probably, I, I think he mentioned it was the first time they'd been together since the first 15 games of the year. Uh, I had actually, and and it's, you know, there are so many teams and goalies in the league. I had forgotten about Brassois Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, saw what he did in Winnipeg, saw what he did in the short term in Vegas. That's a pretty good third goaltender to have in place uh, behind Aiden Hill while while Thompson recuperates. So uh, I'm not as concerned about the goaltending at all, and, then the and and I do like their depth on defense if they're healthy. So the answer is, you know, how do you how do you replace somebody of Stone's ilk for the remainder of the regular season?
0: Hadn't thought of it that way on the penalty killing side and some of those uh, heavier minutes uh, that yeah. you have to uh, well occupy. But do,
2: am I am I yeah. out to lunch on that? Nope, I, nope, I think nope. that that's particularly when you know you 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 can you can be patient. I think then with Mark Stone's return.
0: Uh, have you been taken out for lunch at all lately? Like,
2: Did, did George send you
0: anything? Uh, no, nope, not uh, a thing. No, not a okay. thing.
2: And, uh, and I must admit, look, George was kind enough to send me um, a, a beautiful Vegas Golden Knights coaching pullover.
0: Oh, one, one of the gold It's ones?
2: a beautiful pullover. I, it, apparently it's a limited edition and broadcasters yeah. can't get normally. <laughs> so that was good. That was greatly appreciated. That was a, that was a year or so ago. That was very well appreciated.
0: Yeah, I can concur, but I don't because I don't have one of those. Uh, Ryan's just chewing his fingernails here, mm-hmm. waiting to ask the one question that uh, that has occupied his mind for more than a week now. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: tell me why the Edmonton Oilers should trade for Eric Carlson?
2: Because uh, their defense sucks. Uh, and they need somebody to get McDavid and Drysaddle the puck. Now, that, that's I think that that's the attitude, Ryan. That, that that's what, that's what people are saying. Would I do it? Um, I'm not sure. I would do it for two reasons. A, I think the amount of assets they're going to have to give up to get them. I I don't believe in in trading first round picks. Now, if you can tell me and guarantee me that if your team trades for Eric Carlson, you're going to be in the Stanley Cup final, so that means you're going to be draft pick 31 or 32, might be worth it. You know, know, San Jose wants three, three picks like that. Now, if that might be be a pick that's already on the roster, somebody who is drafted in the first round and would be viewed as a prospect, so if you have to give two first-round picks and a prospect for Eric Carlson, you better hope that San Jose is going to take $5, $5 million in salary mm-hmm. to get it to about 6 and a half or $7 million in salary. Then it might be worth it if you think you're that close. Unfortunately, I, I just and I, I think the Oilers know this, their defense uh, is, their, is their big hole. They, they're, they, they don't have – people have not come through the way they thought. Well, Darnell Nurse has not had a good season. Uh, Brett Kulak's played better recently. Tyson Berry's been struggling. Evan Bouchard has not had a good season, and Philip Broberg uh, has been very good. So they're they're inconsistent on the blue line, and if you can get, you know, one of the best offensive puck-moving defensemen in the history of the game, it might be worth it.
0: So they've got Tyson Berry, same position, same hand. Uh not not the numbers that Eric Carlson has. Oh, he, does, but, he doesn't have
2: he, his timing is not as good as Carlson's. Okay. Um, and and but I just
0: wonder if is the upgrade that significant over Barry that you would go out and make this move.
2: Well, if I told if I if I put it in terms of of you know your generation because you're a lot older than me, Darren, <laughs> that uh, you can go get me Paul Coffee. Would you go get Paul Coffee? Yes. I think Eric Carlson's Paul Coffey.
0: Okay. And I guess you're wondering who he's going to replace. Is he replacing Phil Housley? Well, I, I would make that trade. I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of other offensive guys. Yeah, that.
2: no, I, that, that's fair. But I I, I I, just think that, you know, this year with his – and, like, the, the biggest question in, in, in Carlson's time in San Jose has always been his health, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, has he missed a game this year? I don't think he has.
0: Well, he's, he's, he's been good. very good. He's going to put up a point total that's going to beat his last three seasons combined. Yeah, I, that, that, I know. That's a, legitimately on the table right now.
2: It's amazing. And, and I don't it, even think he'll win the Norris Trophy.
0: See, that's going to be the incredible thing because uh, he he won the Norris Trophy with uh, point totals in the 60s and 70s, and he's he's there already. So yeah. why why wouldn't he, except they're not going to He gonna plays the on the playoffs. San Jose Sharks. Yeah, but his, he's so far and away better Point total
2: wise than any other defenseman. How do you not? Because winning the Norris Trophy should be more than the amount of points you score.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know how how do you play in your own zone? know no, that's well, you, that, you know no. that's the risk reward of an offensive defenseman. Like and that. that gets us to the whole point about why Edmonton would even look at it. Well <laughs> then then but put him but put him with you know this goes this goes back to you know pre- previous great teams. If you had an offensive defenseman, you put him with a solid yes. you know defensive guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you told me that somebody was going to trade for Eric Carlson and then was also going to go get Luke Shen, put them together yeah well, and and, and you'd have a stay at home guy that could be physical in front of the net, and then Carlson could do all of the skating and all the all the offensive work.
0: Uh, the uh, late brother of Dean Evason, Heavy Evason, always put Scott Brooks with uh, 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 Braden Pilling because Braden was the rusher. He was up the ice. You don't know any of those guys, uh, but that was the idea. But the safety net with the rusher.
2: Was was that when the, the NHL had the rover? <laughs> yeah, I think
0: so. No, it was uh-huh. when I was fifteen. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> <God>, you're old.
1: <laughs> Cooperall's baby.
2: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> so, from from San Jose's perspective, like it's it's a it's a big contract at a high AAV with a lot of years left. Like, it, is it doable to move Eric Carlson in season, or is this a, an opportunity where it, it just doesn't? It, it's not going to be easy to get it done here before the deadline. Maybe it's more of an off-season situation.
2: Probably right. You're probably right, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that's that's the the bigger question. But, uh, I mean, at this point, what does Mike Greer have to lose? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he you know, like, they're awful, okay? And, and more importantly, David Quinn and Mike Greer and that whole front office knows what they are. And they also know they've been hogtied. I did that because uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, ranches in Manitoba where Darren grew up. They've been, <laughs> they've been hogtied by some really ugly contracts. Yeah. I mean, they're paying—they're paying close to three million dollars of Burns and Carolina's contracts still. Right. So, and so they—they've they've, they've got to find a way to get to shed them stuff, shed some some of these contracts in order to try to really rebuild the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they're actually, in my opinion, uh, they're going to be worse next year. Why? Why so? Because I think they're going to—they're—they're they're going to in the summertime they're going to. Get rid of a lot of assets in order to yeah. uh, to start the, to start the official rebuild. Then,
0: yeah, Timo Meyer, he should be gone here before the trade deadline. He scored thirty one goals; it's yeah. far and away better than anybody else uh, on, on that team. You're right. If I'm acquiring Eric Carlson, I want as many runs at, a, at the playoffs with him. So that's yeah. why I would try and find a way to do it now. But I understand the the complexity of it. Well,
2: I think and, you know, I think a lot of if there is a. a, a and this is actually a better question for George or, or Kelly rather than me because I've never done it. But if if you are to do a Carlson scenario, if you are to do it, make a trade now, you you probably need a third team. Yeah. You know, where and and it would probably be easier in the off season where you have at the draft where you have all 32 managers sitting in the same room or at least in the same city. As opposed to all over the continent, you know it's not as simple as the nBA where there are a ton of three team deals because it's all cash in cash cash out, mm-hmm. but it's pretty darn close, and that's that's what that's what the salary cap has forced us to do uh, with contracts of this ilk uh,
0: the draft by the way, is in Nashville, and I think every general manager who has to go in early it's uh, It's a prerequisite. To get into Nashville, well, oh, one
2: one guy's guy. already there, so it's good. <laughs> good, good. Good point on that. I, I,
0: I that not crossed my mind uh, at all. Uh, let's meet at the stage uh, on on draft week. You know, it's just down the street from. Uh, oh, I thought you meant the stage
2: at the end of the arena where the kids stand. Oh
0: no no no, that's the uh, no no the live entertainment. That's the night. stage. It is the stage, but the stage on Lower Broadway. Um, oh, let's let, let's meet there. It's my favorite new spot in Nashville. It is. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I no, normally
0: I like uh everybody's uh favorite uh uh tootsies? House. yeah Tootsies but uh but I, I'm going rippies and, and the stage. So
2: Were you and I in the Nashville at a draft together?
0: Uh we were not. we did, where do we do? We did uh we did we Florida because we were we bobbing. did Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. We yep. did Buffalo.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh those are at least three. Do
0: you remember Bobbing in the water in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but you, me and Damian Cox just out bobbing in the water.
2: Yeah, well, or now, Ryan, as, he, as, he, as, D- as Darren told you, that during the lockout in 2013, we were playing stickball stick on 6th Avenue in New York at 3 o'clock in the morning? Nope. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Okay. It had to be minus 25. <laughs> yeah. And it's the only guys that are out in the middle of 6th Avenue with no traffic are the Canadians playing stickball.
0: And a uh, police car drove by, flipped on his uh, lights and the yeah. siren, and we thought we were done. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and the the police officer comes over the loudspeaker and went home run. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 Called the home run. <laughs> what, <laughs> NYPD's best. <laughs> that's and that that's was right. that
2: was the trip that we were also there on New Year's Eve outside, and wow. I have never been so cold in my life.
0: Well, you because we weren't
2: allowed. We weren't allowed into the office building, right? And we were standing on the street. There were people huddling in those uh, in in, in, the, in the the ATM uh, areas yep. of banks and, and recharging phones in those ATMs until somebody whined at the league, and they opened it up, and we got a place to go.
0: You are absolutely. Why don't you come down here right now? You'd fit right in because it's. I, I saw
2: snow yeah. on the ground in Vegas yes. the other day. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Accumulation.
0: Accumulation. I flooded my pool. Like oh. I, 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 I had a nice <laughs> uh, little bit of uh, ice on it. I was out there scraping the crease. It was beautiful, and that's where I got the idea to order the Mike Palmentier mask. Will you sign my Mike Palmentier mask?
2: Well, I, w- I w- and I'll even put a little phrase on it for you too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, know, I know exactly where that's going. <laughs> Buy the book, Evolve or Die, yeah. you'll get the
0: story. <laughs> Amazon.com. It's, it's one of the great reads in hockey, names that you'll know all over the place from the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Shani, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, you're the best.
2: No problem. Hi, George.
0: <laughs> he is listening. <laughs> we, we know that. Uh, John Shannon uh, with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, TF Hour number two as we continue live from T-Mobile Arena ahead of the Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Got a little Bruce Cassidy coming up ahead of the Golden Knights encounter with the San Jose Sharks. Capo uh, Kapkinen tonight uh, against, I expect, Aiden Hill uh, to go for the uh, Golden Knights. That's a matchup in goal, and Vegas will try to keep the offense humming. I have a question that I want to bring to you during the one-timer segment. It has really nothing to do with any conversation we've ever had. But I'm really excited about it. And it'll spill over into tomorrow's show. Okay. But it's going to plant a seed that's going to allow everybody to participate uh, in in great numbers. Uh, That's coming up as well. Golden Knights uh, searching for the 70-point plateau tonight and win the uh, first two games of this three-game homestand. Our number two is coming up live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Stay with us. (laughs)